Welcome to Think Queerly. My name is Darren Steele. I'm a gay man who's been living most of his life as an out queer person. On the podcast, I discuss the unique social and cultural leadership that queer people offer humanity. Through dialogue, as well as personal meditation, I share evolving ideas about how we can create a more loving and accepting world for everyone. As a coach, I help my clients understand a universal truth, that when you freely love who you are, you can freely create the life you want. We all have within us the knowledge and the wisdom to overcome personal struggles and inequality as queer people, but sometimes we need a little help from someone else. And when you accept yourself without conditions, that's when you can risk leading from your uniqueness and live your truth. Now, one of the biggest reasons we often don't live out our truth as queer people or however you identify on the LGBTQ plus label is because of gay shame. And let me qualify what I mean by gay shame. It's a common term that perhaps started first specifically in reference to gay men, and then it may have been used also for gay women or lesbians. And maybe we could call it queer shame. I don't know, but I think the term has been labeled for some time as gay shame, but ultimately it's this, that when we grow up as children and we have that first inclination that we're different, that we're not like the other kids. And, you know, now there's a broader spectrum with how we understand gender and sexual orientation and desire. But from my own experience growing up as a kid and then into adolescence, um, in the late 70s and the early 80s from child to adult. And I came out when I was 18 in 1984, just for that sort of framing in Toronto, Canada. I had great parents that didn't seem to indicate to me one way or another that I needed to show up in a particular category of gender or sexual representation. But the rest of the world certainly didn't include me. I didn't see myself represented on television, except for maybe someone acting like a fairy, or perhaps pictures of men in leather in downtown Toronto uh, in the representation in the media around the time that a young shoeshine boy had been brutally raped and murdered. So when you put those kind of images into a young person's mind and growing up with that kind of negative understanding and foreshadowing and then growing up Catholic and just getting beat over the head with a belief system that you were to grow up and get married and have children. You start to believe that there's something wrong with you. And the process of coming out also requires, however long that takes, understanding and overcoming this, let's say, quote-unquote, gay shame. And I think of it now as a superpower, actually, because we can look at those things that formed who we are very much like the foundations of a solid building and structure. 
we can't change the foundations, right? They are there. They're solid. They're in the ground. And there are tons and tons of construction above it. We can only change what's above the foundations. We can only look at things from the outside and say, this is something I wish to improve. This is something I want to stop doing. This is something I want to become better at. So uh, sometime last year, I did a couple of podcasts about gay shame and forgiveness of homophobia and can we forgive homophobia as gay men, but just in general for the entire queer experience. We have to first forgive ourselves for believing the rest of the world, the status quo, religion, politics, society, television, media, that there's something wrong with us as an LGBTQ or however you identify person. And in that, we see this power, almost nefarious power of rigid dogma and ideologies, and which can be used to train and indoctrinate other minds, whether it be intentionally so, like a cult or a fundamentalist religion, or whether it be subconscious. And that still still may have intention. When I say subconscious, on the level of society, when everyone believes everything is the way it is, white picket fence, status quo, don't question, that's kind of this under-the-level-of-subconsciousness programming that everyone partakes in, thinking that we don't want to disrupt the norms. We don't want to be seen as standing outside of the norms. We don't want to be considered as standing on the fringes. But when we come to accept that this has been an experience we lived, this has made us who we are now, and even when we have moments that trigger us, and I certainly do, where something comes up, and I feel like a little child, and I feel like I need to protect myself. I remember a couple years ago writing about what I might have considered some fears around failure. And it wasn't making sense to me. And then I realized that perhaps one of the reasons I like being behind the microphone and doing a podcast so much is that I can show up without being seen. And it has nothing to do with how I look. But in showing up, in being visible, there was at the, at the deep subconscious within me were certain fears and over the years, when I looked back, I recognized there were patterns that maybe I didn't continue on to put all of my effort into a particular project or what it, whatever it was, or I just seemed to lose steam on something, or I would not quite show up and put my full effort behind something, and it was just the fear of being seen. Because when you grow up, not thinking you belong through all of your childhood and into adolescence and you're 15 and 16 and you're hitting puberty and all those things happen. And you see everyone else dating and maybe hooking up and kissing and you're like, where do I fit in with this? That will have an impact lifelong. You might get over it, but it will always be a part of who you are. 
And so sometimes this shows up in a very negative way in many people who feel still unsafe, who still feel threatened and unstable. And many individuals may be very lonely or isolated or act in such a way to be fully independent of others, are afraid of taking risks. And this is the power of a social norm, of an ideology in the largest sense of the word, whether it be religious or political or social ideology, that puts control of the many in the hands of the few. And these few who claim to have the most power and promise to be beneficiaries based on blind compliance and acceptance of the masses. And as a queer person and as queer people, when we come into our being, when we come into a holy and completely accepting ourselves, or as best we can, we see through these cracks in the status quo. When we overcome this gay shame, <clears throat> we are immediately confronted with the dark truths of society, of politics, of religion, of, of faith-based indoctrination. And then the power of our own emotions to, as a result of, of this experience, trigger the need to live out our most authentic gender and sexual identity. And that, that need to come out, to explode out, and to just disrupt the status quo and say, this is who I am, fuck you if you don't like it or not, that speaks volumes. Those who really push the brown boundaries often very much upset those who are also within that same sphere because other queers are coming to terms with who they are and are trying to find that balance of acceptance and a place in society. And yet here's this other person who's so radically out, who's so phenomenally queer that it makes the just coming out queer person possibly very uncomfortable. But this is diversity in representation. And, and when you just come out, often you're exploring, you're trying to figure out who you are. I've seen situations where I see a young man, for example, who's just come out and is acting in a particular way. And I say acting because that person hasn't quite figured out their own truth, who they want to be yet. And it may just be still because they're 18, 19, 20, and they've got some ways to go. And that's not to say anything judgmental about that person or to, to make them feel bad about themselves. It takes time for us to grow and to evolve and to really become who we authentically are. But we can often see when someone is putting on more of a show, and that show may be a defense mechanism, a new facade, so to speak, to 
be playful in light of everything they've experienced, in light of everything that they have suppressed. And now everything is almost coming out like the dam has burst. All of the emotions, all the desire to dress differently, express differently, talk in different tones, walk in different ways, express their sexual freedom. This is one of the most beautiful things to witness as well at a, at a que- in a queer space is to see this incredible diversity, this freedom that is so different than often the sort of restricted and balanced and restrained behavior I often see in so-called heterosexual gatherings. God, that sounds funny to say it that way, doesn't it? But this diversity is as natural as the most incredible forest you've ever walked through with every plant and flower and type of grass imaginable and every insect and animal crossing your path or flying above you. This is who we are as human beings. We are not just hetero or homo. We are so much more than that. Hetero and homo are simply sociological, political economic constructs. It's a combination of all of the above. And in the grand scheme of things, we are of this earth. We are of nature as human beings. There is nothing in the natural world that would seem to indicate we need to be one way or the other, depending on what kind of gonads or genitalia we have appearing between our legs at the hip. Self-actualization is so important as a queer person. And identification and labels are so important right now for queer people to say, hey, we are here and we exist. And this is our way of confronting gay shame and this limitation of the status quo. But I think at some point in the future, we will see, I hope, this not so much elimination, but this dropping off of this need to over-label, to constantly create this dichotomy, this polarization, uh, this, these different binaries even within a binary construction. We can simply all just be human and express ourselves however is our truth, is our most authentic human nature. And this, uh, what should I call it? Individual human self-actualization that I think is a right of every being on this planet. No single person should ever have the power or the ability, let alone the idea in their head, to force or manipulate another person to have to suppress who they are at their absolute a priori nature. And this is not about nature versus nurture. This is just about let people be who they are. Diversity is a gift of uniqueness and creativity And it frightens some people because 
in part it's human nature that part of our brains is always seeking the known, and the known is comfortable, and the known is safe, and safe makes us feel like there is no threat. And without threat, we are, we feel safe. We feel like we have nothing to defend ourselves or those we care about against. And as subtle as difference in gender and sexual representation may be, it can be a threat to someone else who maybe hasn't been exposed to or has been so indoctrinated by ideology and status quo that they don't realize their own fluidity. They may see someone who is queer representing in gender or sexuality and think, huh, that's interesting. I kind of like that. But everything they have learned up to this point has told them that there's absolutely no way they should ever have that kind of feeling or interpretation. Their God tells them that they're going to go to hell for ever thinking in such a way. And if they're not quite able to discern that this is human nature, they may act out, lash out, and react in an even violent manner. So understanding gay shame, queer shame, or simply the oppression of having lived in any kind of closet where you can't express your true gender and sexual identity, and understanding the process of forgiving yourself for having believed that there was something wrong with you simply because you were the product of social norms and ideology is a massive first step in opening up the muscles of empathy, the emotional muscles of empathy and compassion, because you then feel for yourself that there's no reason to judge yourself, your truth, for what is really ultimately you at the level of your foundations that you cannot change or alter, which is why conversion therapy doesn't work. You can't change the foundations. You can only change the outer surface. You can change habits. You can change routines. You can, and when I say change, it's usually not changing as it is just making new programming because a habit is something in the past. A routine is something in the past. It is the product of attention, meaning you're deciding on something consciously or unconsciously that you want to do or be. And then it's the intention, the emotionality of how important that action, behavior, routine, practice is to you and repetition, repetition, repetition until it becomes programming at the subconscious level in the basal ganglia part of your brain, I believe, which is where habits are stored, where the programming is stored for doing the simplest thing, like putting one foot in front of the other, which isn't so simple at the level of the amount of muscles required to make that action happen. But when we get into that self-understanding, when we train ourselves 
with the intentionality of self-love and self-compassion. And we practice that. We repeat every time a negative emotion comes up, a self-doubt comes out, and we just recognize and repeat that this is my superpower. This is my gift, what I have learned. That who I am is who I am without judgment. We can be leaders by existing. And this, for me, is an aspect of what queer leadership is. Queer being different in the sense of not status quo, not what everyone else is doing. Leadership being a way we manage ourselves and how we act and show up in the world. But queer leadership is transformational for the individuals you come into contact with and potentially for the greater world. Queer leadership is showing up to be the change that you want to see in the world. Showing up with this understanding that you have seen what it's like to not live your authentic self and that you see how many other people are in the same boat, caught in the habits and the routines and the limitations of social structure and ideology. And that's where I'm seeking to take queer leadership. That's what I'm seeking to impart going forward by helping you think more queerly so that you can lead from your difference to make a difference in the world. <laughs>